Welcome to this message from Liberty Church, Thetford. Into the unknown, into the unknown, into the unknown. How sweaty are your hands, Matt? That is weird. What have you been doing? This whole mic is wet. That is just... <laughs> I'm going to talk like this. Could I have the house lights down just a touch for me, Tony, please? Because I cannot see a thing. This, I love this song. If you were here before Christmas, the week before Christmas, I'd done a one-off message, and it was a one-off message called Into the Unknown. Um, and since that day, that song and this principle of Into the Unknown has been the the theme tune to my life. It's been ridiculous. Just a, what a journey of Into the Unknown and that'll unfold over the next few uh, weeks and months as we talk about it. But Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's like, it's nearly February. <laughs> we had so many weeks off and obviously half the people have forgotten to come back and so we'll have to get on the Facebook and tell them. But because the panto's in here, we had a little shutdown time and the panto is continuing. We arrived this morning and didn't know this was going to be here. <laughs> And so it was like, ah! And so it was a bit of a panic stations. But uh, thank you for bearing with us if you're waiting in the foyer. That's why we started late, because it was a little bit crazy this morning. But who made some New Year's resolutions this year? Who has already broken theirs? We've got a few hands up that are down here that aren't showing people. It shows how rubbish we all are. Well, some of you know that last year I didn't do a January uh, resolution. I opted for February because statistically you're more likely to, to carry on doing it. And so I started in February the 1st last year to try and get the best shape of my life. And I actually, by many measures, and I'm not sure how we can actually measure that, but I reached it before Christmas. I was like two months early. I was trying to do it over a year. So I was the lightest I'd ever been as an adult, still quite heavy. I, I'd, I could run the furthest. I'd done an eight half mile run, which I'd never done before because I was like a rhino. And although rhinos are quite good at running. And I could lift the motion. And so I was in the, probably the best shape of my life. And so I hit my target and it was great. And then I'd done it before Christmas ahead of schedule and I was all excited. And I was like, wow, check me out. But then I, put, I just had a little relax over Christmas. I put on a stone <laughs> in three weeks. And from not, I ate a little bit over Christmas, but just I went to the gym once a day instead of twice. And it's just, oh man, it's ridiculous. So uh, 2020 is me getting back off that stone and holding it for another year, try and maintain it. But it's really, really hard. It really is. Just like all areas of life. Because we make plans... But ultimately, every day, I mean every day, that's not the right slide. Every day, <laughs> you can take that one off, we head into the unknown. Every day we head into the, so you can make all these plans like me with losing weight and getting in shape and thinking, oh, I've, I've arrived and then I'll just have a little bit extra at Christmas. But then something turns up and it, it meant I couldn't go to the gym more often. A few things come up in my life that were unknown that made it much harder. But in every area of our life, we make plans and we have these things set out. But if we're honest with ourselves, every day, every tomorrow, even the later on today is an unknown. We head into the unknown every day. And for some of you, you may well know that Steph had surgery. Um, uh, just after Christmas. And so from that point, I was like 
trying my best as like, I'm not very good at looking after people but trying my best to look after her and so not being able to go to the gym quite as often and 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 it took longer and she's still in recovery for that and it's been a bit harder than I thought and so there was these unknown things that got in the way of me maintaining the thing that I was trying to do and it's in every area of our life that that happens and so I, I said before Christmas when we looked at this subject that and you can have that slide now that you can go into the unknown with fear or with excitement. When there's things that are going to be happening that you don't know about, that are unknown to you, you can go in with fear and being like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Or you can go in with excitement. And we sometimes go with both of them things and they combat each other. I said that the greatest things in our life are often hidden in the unknown. So if you think about all the amazing things that have happened in your life, but at some point they were unknown to you before you arrived at them or before you learned about them or experienced them. And so many of the greatest things are often hidden in the unknown, which is, should make us excited. But, and I also said, finally, that our purpose is often hidden in the unknown. God's purpose for our life, you look at Scripture, n- nearly every major character within the Bible their, their, their purpose wasn't known to them at some point, and it was hidden somewhere behind many layers of things that they had to walk through. And so our purpose for our future is often hidden in the unknown. And I think we need to strike a balance. And I'm struggling with it at the minute, and we had a leadership meeting last night, and I've been talking about this uh, struggle for me, that, to strike a balance in our soul with regard to the unknown in our life, with, with regard to every day and, and the future, be it a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, however long you can look into the future. But we have to strike a balance in our soul, I think, with trusting God, being like, you got this. You know, I, I trust in you. that I don't know about it, but I trust you know about it. And striking the balance between that and knowing my responsibility for preparing for today or preparing today for tomorrow. There's a balance in that in our life of of how we do things, of of not just being like, oh, I don't care, not making any plans, not being a good steward of anything in our life and be like, oh, God will sort it out. And there's a balance between that and being like, I trust you, you know the unknown, I know you've got this, but today I'm going to do what I know I need to do based on what I know for tomorrow. And there's a balance in our, in our soul that we've got to fight out with that, perhaps. And both things can be strong and, 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 and be in our life, but it is a balance. And I'm, over the last few months, because this is the theme tuned to my life at the minute, it's something I'm walking out at the minute. A balance between faith and responsibility in, in some regard. And um, the notion that I can do what I can do, you know, the responsibility asked of me, however God asks of me in that, and, and God will do, you do whatever you do. Only you can do. And um, when Jesus was talking about this thing about not worrying about tomorrow, like people were moaning about, I won't have this, I won't have that. And, and Jesus was like, look, dude, stop worrying about everything. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of itself. And he said, stop worrying about what you'll eat, what you'll wear, all them things that are material things that you need that are unknown in your world, especially back then. We've got a bit more security probably in our, in our culture today. But back then, it's like, I, we don't know if we're going to get food. We don't, we're chasing them things constantly because we need them. And Jesus said, God, your Father knows you need them. So you don't need to worry about it. All you've got to do today, in the words he used, was seek first the kingdom. 
All you've got to do in the now is you seek first the kingdom. Basically, you do everything that God's calling you to do to build his kingdom, seek his kingdom, seek his way, follow him. And then you ain't got to worry about the tomorrow. You do today, God will worry about tomorrow for you. And he says, when you seek the, the kingdom first, all these things will be added to you. All them things you're worried about, all them things you're chasing, perhaps, all them things you need, really, is what he was talking about. They'll be added to you, but seek first the kingdom. It's like, you do what I ask of you in your life, then you don't need to worry when I lead you into the unknown. You do what you can do today. You do what you can do today based on what you know today, and I'm going to lead you into the unknown, and then you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> It's like we have to somehow, and this is the best way I can put it, we have to prepare for the unknown. <laughs> Which sounds like some form of oxymoron. Prepare for the unknown. How can, what? <laughs> but this is the best way I can describe it with this battle in our soul, is to prepare for the unknown. How can you prepare for the unknown? In, in reality, you can't fully. You can't fully. You can just do what you can do in the now, you prepare now, you look ahead and count the cost, you look ahead and make the plans, but not, trust God if, if he's going to change things up, that's cool. And, and Jesus spoke about counting the cost to follow him, and he used this picture, which I really like, about counting the cost to build. Luke 14, 28, 30 says this, For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? It's like, don't be sure, look ahead Look ahead into the unknown, because even building a building is unknown. There's so many things that... Who loves grand designs? You know what I love about grand designs is when you get a couple on there who just haven't got a clue. And it's like, what's your budget? I don't know. <laughs> How are you going to build? We're going to do it as we go. We're going to lay a foundation and then decide what goes on top. And it's just like, what are you doing? And, and sometimes their build costs go through the like three, four times. What, but there are people who have got a stupid amount of money. And so I'm just like, good, spend it all. <laughs> do it wrong you should have planned you would have saved yourself like 40 percent and so but they often do that and, and it says here who would do it who would do that who wouldn't plan before they build it's like you do what you can do and the unknown will come the rain will come the weather will come the short supply will come things will break but you've done everything you can do to prepare it says, otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. They would say, there's that person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. See, even they watch Grand Designs. <laughs> and so, for the, I want you to think about this. For the builder, for the builder in any, in any form of building in life, not just buildings, but for the builder, preparing doesn't negate the fact that every day will be an unknown. And it's the same with your life. If you're like me, you plan to the nth degree and you try and plan as far ahead as, as you can, which is why when the unknown comes, you sort of your brain fries because you don't know how to plan for it fully. But it doesn't negate the fact that a builder planning, that, that every day is an unknown. You never know what's going to happen. But, but God's advice with this is count the cost before you start. Count the cost before, do what you know now, <laughs> do what you can do, and then faith into the future. <laughs> and so I had this week, no, it was last week, sorry, I had some unexpected, unforeseen news last week, and uh, I didn't really know how to solve it. And, and some of you won't care about this, but it was a big deal to me. But I basically, I had to move, we had, as a church have some stuff in storage, 
And when I say some stuff, I mean a whole building's worth of stuff. In fact, even some of the building <laughs> is in storage, or the innards of the walls. We used to be in a building, I'll go into that in a minute, but all of the innards of the building, every bit of equipment that we have that was in that is it was in storage. And I got a phone call, actually a text message, saying, by the way, I need you to get out of that storage facility because uh, we need that space. And, uh, and I need you to do it by the end of March. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> and in that moment, it was like unknown. I'm like, I don't know where I can put that. I don't know how I'm going to move it. I was just like, ah! And so I, I freaked out a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, I had no plan, and it's a, I mean, it's a huge amount of stuff. Um, but unknown to me, you know, God knew. He's like, I know where you're going to put it. You do what you can do now. I've already sorted out all the bits. You just do what you can do now. And so within a week, I had two options. I then had a choice. <laughs> so from going from unknown, I then like, I could have a preference. Do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? That one's cheaper. That one's bigger. I had a choice. I was like, cool, this is great. And so we've sorted it. We've moved it. I'd done it in a week. I was given three months to do it. And I was like, bang, smashed it out of the park in a week. But in that moment when I was told that unknown was like, not overwhelming, but it was like, oh, what am I going to do? And God's just like, you do what you can do. I've got all the unknowns sorted already. They're not unknown to me. You know, it's like he was whispering. And so I just want to chat. And it reminded me, basically, because um, I'd moved the whole interior of a building with my sister and Kaylee helped me as well. And Glenn popped over and Matt come and helped a little bit as well. So thank you, guys. That was great. So I'm not hurting too much. But... Uh, for you guys who don't know, who are maybe newish to the church, Liberty was founded in June 2000 by 11 people, were six adults and, and five kiddies actually. And, uh, and we originally met in Redcastle Community Centre, and I've got a picture with two pictures here. This is where we used to meet. Look how young I am over here! <laughs> don't have any wrinkles or anything. Uh, but that's, that's like earlier on there. That's, amazing. that's Steph next to me with her hand up. She's got a question. Old school worship, one finger, that's it, to the, to the heavens. Uh, but the, we, we had this little corner stage, and then, I don't know why, we'd done this for like two years, and then we turned around and realized there was actually a stage in the building. It's like, why aren't we using that? <laughs> and so we ended up, we were, we were pretty thick. And so, <laughs> educated Charles Burrell. Um, <laughs> that's just me. Anyone else educated in Charles Burrell? Yeah, all the smart people in the room. And so... We were here for quite a chunk of time, and then we were, in a, we were at the stage where we could move into our own fully um, uh, full-time uh, premises, but it was rented. We didn't own it, but we rented it for, uh, for six years. So we moved, we got the keys in December 2007, I think it was, for 5 Kelvin Place, which was a, a nice little unit. Well, it wasn't when we moved in. It was a, sh it was, it was a shell, I was saying there, by the way. It was a shell of a you shell. Oh, that was not a good time to change where I was going with a word. It was a shell, and we, we basically went and kitted it out. So I think we got a few, a few slides of that. So this is the, sort of the shell over here. It's just half of the building. We couldn't fit it in shot. But, and then here's, here's Roy, guys, a carpenter, this fella. Awesome chap. And he was explaining to me what he was going to be doing to put the walls up. And as you can see by my face, I haven't got a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> All I'm, you can see the sides of me there. I was thinking, I'm really hungry. I might eat you, in fact. <laughs> You're quite small. And so this guy put all the woodwork in and done all the carpentry. Uh, next slide. And we, we basically built loads of walls. Obviously, Steph was um, 
foreman in charge, video footage for anything that went wrong, so she had someone else to blame. But we, uh, we built all the walls, we'd done the ceilings, we'd done all that sort of stuff. It, was, it took months to do it. Next slide. And uh, so we, there's a little kid's room actually there, um, and then some electricity things. Look at the ceiling, look at it, look at it. Beautiful building. It was by the time we finished. Next one, me and Matt um, done the rigging. Oh, Tony's in it. Sorry, Tony. He hates his picture. Tony the Sandman at the back. And um, I was going to say when he was younger and had hair, but he didn't even then. But he's <laughs> beautiful, man. 12 years. But he was doing the electrics. Tony's like, I'm not going anywhere near that. And so he put the uh, air conditioning, uh, air conditioning, the heating in and the ducting and all that sort of stuff, because that's what he'd done at the time. Me and Matt then hung the lighting rig and the, and the speakers. We've got that. And so like, we were on the floor measuring out all the things. I got up to the top and then I said to Matt, I don't like it up here very much. And Matt's like, don't worry, mate, I'll come up. So he come up, come and help me out. And then he got to the top and thought, I'm not doing this either. <laughs> it was terrifying. And so we ended up, this is a really poor picture, but some of them wouldn't load. But we put the lighting rig up, we put the, the speakers up and they didn't fall down for a whole six years. I was expecting a little clap there, but whatever. And so... But we'd done that for six years and we got to a point at the end of 2013 where we decided as a church we want to position ourselves to be able to purchase our own building. Because anyone knows just, just pumping money into rent is not great for the long term. It's not good for the longevity of a charity or a church. It's better to be able to have our own, our own uh, land or building that in the end we wouldn't have to pay anything towards. And so that's what we were looking to do. And we were free to move because um, we come to the end of our lease. And so we decided that to position ourselves to be able to purchase when something came on the market. We came out into rented buildings, which is why we're in this place, which is why Food Bank's in Charlesborough Centre. And um, it allowed us, you know, f for me, we decided we want our own building. And, and having a building full-time was amazing. The, the connections that we made in the, in, the, in, the, um, in the area were brilliant, and the impact we had on youth in the town was amazing. We had 120 every Friday night. 30 of them would come on a Sunday morning, you know, unchurched kids who would be coming in. And it was just an amazing place to be able to set up and be there and spend time with people and, and build church in a place all the time. And, and so we knew the value of that, but we wanted to have that forever as well, not being able to be turfed out at the end of of a lease and so we made that hard decision to step out into the wilderness waiting and searching for our promised land and so it's an important thing for us the building that we're looking for it's not everything but it's a big part of the jigsaw it's a tool that can be used for our church in this community and so uh, like I said I moved all the all the innards of that building and we got another picture actually because uh, we didn't actually take any pictures when it was finished <laughs> We've done the process. There's hardly any pictures around of it being finished, but you get an idea here of like one of the kids' rooms with the ceiling once it was in. It looked pretty good, and uh, but we didn't have anything of the stage, not because all the stuff fell down, but you can see you know, near the end of, of it coming on. But because I moved all the innards, it got me really thinking about it again. And I've got all the wood for the stud work walls in my garage at the minute, a couple of grand's worth of wood stacked up. We've got staging lights, kitchen, carpets, they're rolling. We took everything, fully nomadic, kids' tables, chairs, hundreds of chairs stacked. We are good to go. We're good to move in. If a building, we're good to go. I've got everything. <laughs> Literally, we've got everything. And so, including a kitchen sink. <laughs> and so, but we have it right now, some of you will know, we have a bigish a big-ish deposit. We've got £135,000 in our building fund waiting for a deposit on a place, which is great. We're in a great position, and we're just waiting, and we have been waiting just to move. And there's been many buildings that have come to market with 
pushed the doors on them. They've been sometimes crept shut on us, sometimes have slammed shut on us faster than we would have liked. And, and God's closed a lot of the doors. In fact, people have sold buildings to other people for less money than we'd offered, <laughs> which seems strange. But, you know, if it's not the one, it's not the one. And so I'm quite happy with that. But we have been nomadic for years. And, uh, but what's great is that we've put down roots. And, and it's weird because like, if, when I think of Food Bank, it's a big part of our church. Even if you're not involved in Food Bank at all, and you might not care, and it's not your thing. It's a big part of what we do as a church, a big part of what we do as a church. And I can tell you, if we hadn't have moved out, and what we've been doing is, is not letting that hold us back, and the amount of food that goes in our, through our food right now is ridiculous. We've gone up, I think, nearly 60% on last year. And so since we started, we've fed, like, we've done roughly around 200,000 meals. You know, that's like having Norwich over to lunch. That is, it's a huge amount of food that's gone through our food bank. And we wouldn't have been able to do that in our old building because we used to run a food bank out of a room that was, it was, it was about, it's not much bigger, Ray, was it, than this drum booth. Ray used to, me and Ray, two big guys in this tiny little room trying to sort food pile to the ceiling. Where now we have a warehouse that's just to the ceiling. And so... It's been great, but we've put down roots. We've tried not to dwindle away. We've tried to push on and, and do what we can where we are. And there's a great um, a scripture in Jeremiah about God saying he knows the plans he has for you. And, and a lot of people know that, but they don't know the context of that. And when you back it up in Jeremiah 29, 29 5-6, it, it talks about when the people are in a place that they're not going to be, is not their home, that's, you know, they're nomadic. It says, build homes and plan to stay. And, and, and we sort of done that six years ago. It's like we'd know we're going to be here a while, perhaps. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. That's happened while we've been out. Some of you had no kids when we left the building. And now you, we had one and now we've got many. And so <laughs> have children. Then find, find spouses for them so they may have many grandchildren. Now, I don't want to wait another generation before we <laughs> move into a building. But you understand the, the principle. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. It's like wherever you are, do what you can do you know, just flourish, do what you can do. And uh, so we've connected with lots of people and food bank growth has been ridiculous. But um, jump down to Jeremiah 29, 10 to 11. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. This idea that you're out for a time doing what you need to do and you're not liking it. It's not where you want to be. It's not home, but I will bring you back. And then it goes on to say, for I know the plans I have for you. They're not, un I love that term. I know the plans I have for you. It's unknown to them. It was unknown to them like it's unknown to us our plan going forward with regard to a building but I know the plans I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future to, I love that to give you a future and a hope you know I want to give you a land or a building a premises that you own in the long term so you have a future there so your church has a future so in generations time when we're long gone there's something that's still there that has foundations that, that, that can't be blown over easily that can stay in this town and community and, and further afield for hundreds of years and make an impact and see people come to know him. And so, the, right dude, the, I love the jump, the uh, dungarees. But for the, for the building that we, we want for, the, for our future, you know, there's hundreds of possibilities 
of what that could look like and how it could be. And it could be a small building first and then we move to a bigger one and a bigger one. That could happen. But, you know, the, the things that we want are, are things where we can have a... May, I don't know, maybe the next one will be a smaller auditorium like this and it just... Is that the Beatles? It's like a... I think that is the Beatles. Not the Beatles. But a, a little auditorium like that. Or perhaps we can get a, a bigger one that's a bigger auditorium or maybe even bigger than that. But we want to have some space that we can do big, ev- uh, big events, Christmas events, Sunday mornings and doing really well. We want to have a coffee shop that is open all week long. And that, we might not be able to do that right off the bat, but we want to head towards that where people can come in and just connect with people in the church. We want to have a crash facility. You know, we want to have a crash facility. We want to have a crash facility so that you don't have to do this, that you can have a, a room that's got glass and you can see in, but you can just let your kids go nuts and play with toys or listen to the message or the worship or whatever you want to do. And uh, I want to have a ride on that caterpillar. And so we want to have a kids zone as well where we've got space where kids can play and not just learn, but have fun as well and love to be in church. And we want to do that and have youth zones within it as well. And uh, uh, this probably is archaic now to the youth. They're like, they're these, they don't even play this sort of stuff, but it's the best picture I can find we want to have a space that we call the lounge that's not the lounge I've done this in the wrong order that is definitely the food bank we want to have a oh no there we go so we want to have a lounge area where you know because some of you don't go to connect groups and would love to and some of you would love to run one but your house doesn't allow you we'd love to have a space where you can just sort an own connect group and use the space to have a connect group and they can run whenever you want to we want to be able to do that and, uh, and it obviously have a nice uh, leather couch like that and uh, we also want to have space for food bank to expand because we need it <laughs> we need it to expand this isn't our food bank but it's a bit bigger than ours and so we'd love although it does look like ours all food banks steal trays from Tesco's. It's good to know. So we'd love to also have like a, maybe a gym facility as well for people to look after the, their bodies as well as their souls, as well as their spirits. And so, and I, the list goes on, but I haven't got time today. And so there's lots of things we want to do. And, uh, but I understand, and perhaps you do, we have a vision of what we would like. We have a sort of an idea. We have plans in our heart, but the Lord determines our steps. You know, we have an idea in our, in our heart, but God has the plans. He, he is in the know. <laughs> and so the actual place, what it looks like, is still unknown to me. It's still an unknown, and I find that really difficult because of the way I'm wired. But Because I, I want to know. I want to plan it. Even if I have to wait, I still want to plan it. And I find it hard, and, and maybe you're the same. We hate waiting, generally in life. We hate waiting. How many days till holiday? 24 days. 24 days, we know. We're waiting because it's sounding good. We're looking forward to it. So we're waiting. We've got a chart on our wall and we count down the days to holiday. The kids come in, rub it off. And, um, and so we hate waiting for something that's good or something that's promised or something that we know we're heading towards. And, and when that's an unknown and we don't know the details of that, it can be even trickier. But sometimes we must wait. And so I've used this um, scripture before in Habakkuk. Um, when he's moaning to God, and God's response to him was this, that this vision is for a future time. don't know if that's tomorrow or 10 years. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It, it seems, I love this, that's the wording of it. It seems slow in coming. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. And I like this, it will not be delayed. And, and the context of that is it, it will happen when it's, supposed, it's not delayed, it's on time. It might feel slow to you. It might feel like you're waiting an eternity or it's difficult, but it's going to be my perfect timing. 
And I have to tell myself that with, with building stuff for our church, that it's his time and I've got to wait patiently because it won't be delayed. It will be when it's supposed to be. And I love that. It will not be delayed. It's like it will be when I, God, have purposed it. But you know what, like I was saying earlier, I think what we can do in that time of waiting is do everything we can do, seek the kingdom, build the kingdom, but we can also, uh, we can, while we wait, we can prepare. While we wait, we can prepare. While we wait, we can prepare. And the long and short of it, and I'm, you know, I used to feel funny about talking about this sort of stuff, but the long and short of it is we need finance for the building. And we can prepare the best we can for that, to go into the unknown. And like I said to you, we've got 135,000, which is a great deposit. But I want to be, be really honest and real with you today. This, this figure has been quite static for, quite a couple of, for a couple of years. People give into it, but only a few people give into the building fund. And so this figure is static. And you might think, well, that's all right. It's still a big deposit. And yet, really, it's more about affordability with mortgage than it is about our deposit. In short, more people giving means more affordability, not just a bigger deposit, but it impacts how much we can borrow to make a purchase. So it determines which building we can buy. And so there have been buildings that have come on the market, and I've gone to the trustees, I love that one, but we can't buy it. Not because the deposit's too small, but because of the level of giving that's constant means affordability cal- calculators would say, can't afford it. And so, <laughs> with this whole area of, of, of church building us having our own place, we are heading into the unknown. But can I tell you, and we've been like this, for, I feel like someone on a starting block that's been waiting like this. And sometimes I'm like, I get up, okay, I need to do some stuff. <laughs> And then I'm back and I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And we are ready and poised. Just moving all the gear this week. It's like we are, just come back to me. We're ready to move when something comes up. But right now, today, it's time to prepare. Prepare now for the unknown, whatever that is going to be. And in fact, this week, in fact, Friday, two days ago, I was preparing this message. And I went to get a picture of all the buildings that were on the market, because there are none. (laughs) Uh, I went to get one of the ones that is of a two million pound multi-York building that is well out of our budget and size. Just we don't need that that big yet. And so I went to get a snap, snapshot of that and say so this is the only thing on the market. And something came on the market on Friday. And I was like, "Woo, that's nice." It's not very nice, but it came on the market. But the last place we were in didn't look very nice. But it. it it's uh, this week. I will be looking at a potential site, and it might be this week. It might be next week. So we are. Heading into the unknown, I'm going to look at a potential site for our church building. And it's, in many ways, it works out really well. The premises is half empty and half rented out. It's, probably, it's too small in the long term for us. But there's people renting out half of it. So we can use half and then in a few years expand into the other half. And there's an annexy bit as well that would be perfect for food bank as well. So it's something we are looking into. And the bottom line, you know, when we head into the unknown... We should prepare the best we can. I really do believe that. In every area of our life, as best we can, when we're heading into the unknown, we should prepare the best we can. And I think when we do that, God will do what only he can do. When we prepare and do what we're called to do or what he asks us to do or what we're led to do, then God will do only what he can do. And so I want to encourage you today as we head in 
to the unknown of 2020. And I'm going to be speaking more about the details of this over the next two or three weeks, just the craziness of the, uh, heading into the unknown for us as a church, is I want us to be thinking and focusing and preparing for a building. And we haven't really done that since we got it. I've mentioned it and talked about it, but I want us to be honed in and talking about and thinking about and praying about our building. And what I'd love you to do, if you don't already, is to choose to give. And for, for some of you in this room, you push back against that, but I can tell you it's, for, it's a restricted fund. It's for the building fund. It doesn't go to pay for anything else. It'll be for the building that you perhaps really want. Many of you will talk about it, and in your heart, it excites you, the thought of it. And I want to say, if that is you and, you, and you know what we can do as a church, especially if you're in the last building as well, and you know what impact we were able to have, but if not, and you've been in church a long time, or maybe you've only been in a few months, and the thought of having a permanent place where we can impact this community excites you and, and gets you going, I want you to think about choosing to give into that, to sow into that. I want to encourage you today, as you head into 2020, is to think about the building and choose to give into the building fund. And if you're someone who already gives financially into the church above your normal giving, it's no good just sideways moving stuff because it doesn't work for the accountant. But, but particularly if you don't give at all. I mean, if you've never do and, and have always pushed back on, I encourage you to do that. And we've tried to make it as easy as possible as a church. And we don't talk about this a lot. We don't push it hard a lot. But we can do that with cash and check in the white tub you can do it by donating online on the website you can give electronically now with a car which is like wizardry to me i think you can use apple pay and google pay on it as well but the best way is through standing order and the details are on there for the building fund with that and i really want to encourage us all i do i want us to encourage us all to prepare now for the unknown we don't know what that building is but we can prepare now we can do we can do a grand designs one of the couples that are real smart and makes a plan saves up has a deposit knows what how they're going to use that and so we can prepare now for the unknown and I, I was thinking about this you know a farmer preparing for the next season he doesn't know what the weather holds he doesn't know whether the pests are going to come in and, and eat a lot of his stuff. He doesn't know if thieves are going to break in and steal some of his crop. It's an unknown as a farmer when you're trying to grow something. So does he do nothing? Because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Does he just go, you know what, I won't bother planting any seed. What's the point? Because I don't know, maybe pests will come. Maybe the weather's going to be rubbish. Maybe someone's going to break in and steal. No, he does what a farmer does and he sows even though he knows not what's going to happen. He doesn't know what the unknown is. All these things could happen, but he still sows. He does the only thing that he can do. He can, he's the only thing a farmer can do in that season is to sow. He can do everything he can do to protect his land and all that sort of stuff, but all he can do, his main responsibility is to sow. And maybe for us with our building going forward, what can we do now? We can't start building walls <laughs> because we haven't got anywhere to build it. What we can do now is to sow just like a farmer and then we can reap in season. We can sow and God can take care of the rest. And maybe you're really excited and want to reap an amazing building. For you personally, as a selfish thing, because you think it'd be cool, especially for you guys who do anything, it's easier work. But even in an unselfish way, you think it'd be great for the community. If you want to reap an amazing building and have a great impact, then we have to sow an amazing seed. 2 Corinthians, I'm going to finish, 9, 6 to 8, says this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. 
You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, not just because I'm putting it on you, but because it's from your heart and something you're on board with. For God loves a person who's, who cheerfully gives or gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You know, I think if we want to reap an amazing building and even stuff for our own personal lives as well, we need to sow something amazing and so consistently in the right seasons so I want us to look with excitement like I said we've got this choice of looking with fear and dread and can I tell you when you're looking at buildings and and going through the legal side of it for me who has to deal with all that sometimes it's overwhelming it's like so much to do but there's a bigger part of me that's excited about that as well and I want you to be as well so let's look with excitement into the unknown but know while we wait we can prepare the thing we can do today is we can count the cost and we can sow. Sowing in preparation as we walk into our purpose, which is currently waiting, snuggled somewhere, nestling, hiding in the unknown. And whether that's that building that I'm going to look at next week or the week after, or whether it's something bigger and better around the corner in six months' time, I don't know. But let's all together prepare for the unknown. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the timely (laughs) message and whether this building that's come up on the market is the one for us it's our promised land that you want us to move on or whether it's just a reminder a cheeky little reminder that you're in control and at any point you can make things happen and and we just have to be ready to move or if it's just a reminder to be doing what we can do while we're waiting so lord i thank you for the places that we've been, the long-term rent we had in 5 Kelvin Place and the fruit that came from that. And I thank you for this temporary wilderness that we perhaps call it, that we wouldn't feel like that's just struggle, but we would do what we can do while we're here in every area of, of, of life of church, but also with sowing into the building fund. Lord, I just thank you for you've got that building. It's not unknown to you. It's just unknown to us. And we are stepping towards it with excitement. Lead us in how we should give into that as individuals, as families. And as we do that, we know we'll reap a harvest. When we sow great things with sacrifice, Lord, that we'll reap. And we know your timing is perfect. It will not be delayed. It will be when you've purposed it. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Liberty Church Thetford. To find out more about Liberty, check out our website at www.libertycentre.org.uk or search for Liberty Church Thetford on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube.